Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 30, Millennials in Healthcare, How They Experience the System, featuring Hector De La Torre from the Transamerica Center for Health Studies. Welcome to Workforce Health Engagement, a show exploring strategies to improve your employees' health and productivity and to protect your bottom line. Join us as industry experts discuss how to engage employees in population health management, wellness, and healthcare consumerism. This is a special series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, Engaging Leader. And now, with 20 years of experience as a communication consultant to Fortune 500 companies, helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Engagers. They're supposedly young and healthy, but a new study shows that more than half of millennials report having a chronic health condition. In addition, millennials struggle to navigate the healthcare system, starting with choosing an appropriate health plan in the first place. These and other surprising findings are from a new study on millennials and their experiences with the health insurance and healthcare system. In a recent poll conducted by the Transamerica Center for Health Studies, feature of almost 1,200 U.S. millennials, the research looks at how this mega generation has experienced the health care system to date and their expectations moving forward. Today I'll be talking to Hector De La Torre, the executive director of the Transamerica Center for Health Studies. That's a nonprofit focused on helping consumers and businesses navigate the healthcare landscape. They're working to inform the national healthcare conversation by bringing clarity to the complex decision making regarding health coverage and personal health and wellness. We'll be talking about the key findings of the study, as well as what employers can do to help millennials choose a health plan that's right for them and make appropriate choices about providers and treatment options. If you find this topic interesting, let me encourage you to check out one episode from our Engaging Leader podcast series. Episode 140 is about cross-generational communications, how to bridge the gap to engage multiple generations. You can find that on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 140 as in episode 140 as well as in your favorite podcast directory, including iTunes and Stitcher. And now let's get into today's interview. Hector, welcome to Workforce Health Engagement. Thank you very much. Uh, It's great to be here. One of the study's findings that surprised me most, Hector, was, uh, at least at first, was that more than half of millennials report having some health condition. I mean, we tend to think of these people as young and healthy, but what's really going on here? Yeah, in fact, they're known as the young invincibles. Uh, so you, you assume, you know, you're young, you're healthy. Um, I think in most past generations that would, would have been the case. And so we expect that of this generation. And yet um, about 54% of millennials uh, report a health condition. And among those, the most common health conditions are uh, depression, being overweight, and anxiety disorders. So uh, fairly prevalent among uh, this generation of young people. More than half have been diagnosed with a chronic condition. That's really amazing. We're not just talking about the sniffles or uh, a broken arm or something, but something that's going to be lingering if they don't get some kind of intervention. A- absolutely. So you're, uh, you, you want to make sure that uh, young people get access at the end of the day. If, if you have uh, these conditions, then all the more reason for them to have access to health care. 
and so uh, again uh, goes kind of against uh, the grain of what people expect of uh, millennials that they are healthy and therefore they do not need to have access to, uh, to health care well what we found is that over half of them do need it they do need to uh, uh, have regular access to deal with these chronic conditions um, which you know being overweight um, anxiety disorders depression they can be treated they're not you know they're always going to going to be present uh, certainly uh, depression and anxiety disorders but they can be treated and minimized uh, in some way uh, with the proper treatment so it, it emphasizes how much more Millennials need health coverage than what we expected. I wonder if one of the reasons why that's so surprising is because um, has that not been true with past generations when they were in their 20s and early 30s in terms of depression and overweight and anxiety? Do you think that is consistent with what happened in the past or is that something new as part of the 21st century? Well, we, we don't have our survey going back uh, that far, but I think the assumption has always been that young people are healthier um, and, and therefore they you know, didn't necessarily need to, to uh, visit doctors. Well, what we do know is that they didn't visit doctors because um, you know, the, the rates of uninsured among young people have always been lower. Um, now, with the Affordable Care Act, uh, there's more access to health insurance, and yet young people are still the least likely to have health insurance. Um, the other interesting finding related to all of this is that uninsured millennials are less likely than insured millennials to say that they are in excellent or good health by 17 points. So the fact that they have, they don't have health insurance um, uh, show in, in many cases is linked to uh, their lack of good health. Hmm. Now, most of our listeners uh, are from the workplace and uh, they're leading a, a workforce health initiative or a department. And so I'm wondering if the study results uh, compared uh, what sort of the difference was between um, the folks who have a workplace-based health coverage and those who don't. Do you, in terms of the those chronic conditions, is that still very prevalent among people that are, are working? Yes, absolutely. The numbers of uh, millennials who have insurance through their employer are uh, obviously much less. The rates of uninsured millennials continue to drop overall. Uh, so that's an important um, change that has happened uh, in the last uh, few years as a result of the Affordable Care Act, again, because they have access to many more options, whether that's their parents' uh, insurance plan until the age of 26, um, or if uh, they um, get it through the exchanges. But the number of employed individuals uh, who, who have health insurance is not uh, very high. Uh, four out of ten uninsured millennials see employment as the path to coverage, um, but uh, currently they just do not have um, uh, as much uh, access to it. So uh, the uninsured millennials, which is a, a big, big chunk of millennials, still see employment as the way that they're going to get to it, which is the traditional way of, of getting health coverage in America. Now, 
Of those who are still uninsured among the millennials, what's the main barrier these days? Well, it's it's affordability. Um, it, it's it's the characteristic of uh, healthcare that is the most important decision making factor for millennials. Uh, but uh, nearly half uh, struggle to pay for their healthcare, um, or not, but because more than half, or almost half, struggle to pay for their healthcare, and. Um, most have taken some action to avoid or minimize their healthcare costs uh, within the last year. Um, when we ask them what the characteristic of the healthcare system that is most important to them, the most response, common response by far was being able to afford the care they need, 37%. Um, so uh, clearly uh, affordability is very important. Uh, seven in 10 of millennials say that cost is a very important factor when looking for health care. Um, so over and over again, in the various ways that we ask these questions, uh, millennials uh, emphasized affordable health insurance um, uh, throughout the, the survey. So do you get the impression that millennials are aware of sort of the two components of their health Costs, they're sort of the cost of coverage, the you know the insurance costs, their premiums, and then out-of-pocket costs. And uh, often, if the you know the, the more expensive the insurance, maybe the lower the out-of-pocket costs. Um, do you get the sense that they're sensitive about that trade-off, or are they not really thinking that carefully about it? Well, I, I think um, overall, what we saw was um, that millennials um, uh, are are not to not feel very informed about the health insurance options that are available to them and that decision-making about health insurance plans is difficult. Um, so over a third of millennials say they are not at all or not very informed about health insurance op options available to them. That's the full range, whether it's employer-based or not employer-based. And more than half of uninsured millennials say that they are not, of uninsured millennials say they are not at all or not very informed about the health insurance options to them. So 35% overall, but 56% um, of the uninsured. So how do you get 56% of the uninsured to have better, a better idea about their options so that they can get coverage? That is the big challenge that we have with millennials. Um, they're more informed, for example, just to, for comparison's sake, they're more informed about how to prevent disease than they are about the health insurance options uh, that are available to them uh, by about eight points. Um, they are more uh, informed about the disease prevention than they are about uh, health coverage. Yeah, that's really interesting. So they, and this is the best educated generation in the history of the world. And uh, so they, are able to get information about how to prevent disease, but they struggle with getting information on the, what's the right um, healthcare insurance for them or the, and maybe the right um, places to access healthcare. Why do you suppose that is? I think it's just uh, young people in general don't, uh, don't uh, you know, f focus a lot on these kinds of issues. Again, they're the young invincibles. Although they report uh, the high level of chronic conditions that we mentioned earlier, they are still um, just not very well informed about what the options are. And it's also how hard they feel 
health insurance is to figure out. Uh, another result that we got from our survey was that insured millennials at 45% are more likely than uninsured millennials, 15%, so a 30-point gap to say that making health care decisions is easy. So, you know, once you have it and you've had it your, most of your life, being able to keep it or continue it seems easier to you as opposed to the uninsured who may not have had it growing up or don't have it. Currently, it, it seems daunting uh, and complicated. And um, uh, so that, that question of whether they thought it was easy, I think, goes to how much effort they're willing to make to figure it out. If they think something is really hard, then um, they're, they're going to, chances are they're not going to put in the effort to figure it out. Um, so uh, looking ahead to, um, you know, as we go forward, the most common uh, reported reasons for not obtaining coverage before the Affordable Care Act deadline had to do with millennials being uninformed or unaware. That, so for the uninsured, that is why they're not dealing with it, because they're uninformed or unaware. Hmm. That's, that's, uh, that's surprising that they would be unaware and uh, say that that was, I mean, that, that's the self-reported. They're saying, well, I just didn't even know uh, that I was supposed to get it and that it was available to me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so getting to, to your point about millennials being savvy and having access to the Internet and all of these wonderful resources, another related, uh, very surprising finding is that moms and doctors are the key sources of health information for millennials. You would think that it would be going, you know, Googling something or you know, going online and, and doing the research on their own, and it's not. Uh, they're most likely to say that they use physicians and nurses and friends and family for information about their health, health insurance, and health care providers. Um, and among the friends and family category, nearly two-thirds of millennials said they specifically rely on their mother or stepmother for health information. So good old mom uh, is the go-to source, <laughs> uh, nearby source for health information, which really surprised us. Yeah, that really surprised me too. I never would have guessed that. I would have assumed that the internet, especially some objective sort of uh, resources on the internet that could help you weigh options and get unbiased reviews and so forth, would be key for them. But moms and doctors are the key sources of health information for millennials. Um, totally caught me by surprise. Yes, kind of old-fashioned, right? <laughs> You're, yeah. Well, these are young people, and they're still relying uh, on their mom uh, for uh, important decisions. And more than likely, it's because in most households, uh, the mom is the one who makes healthcare decisions, make uh, deals with health, health insurance, etc. Uh, you know, to make sure the kids are covered as they're growing up, and so. Um, that's something that we've seen in other uh, research, that, that moms are the ones who do the research and, and pay close attention to these things. So um, it, it makes sense that they would go to mom uh, as opposed to dad, for example, but uh, it's still a surprisingly high number um, that are going uh, to, to their mom for, for that information. The other interesting finding related to, you know, to your point, about having access to the internet for health information is that um, 
they they do look into it. Twenty seven percent of millennials rely on medical websites for health information. You know, so that was it's not quite the numbers that we saw for moms and doctors, but they do they do go there. But and here, this is the, the the very interesting finding related to the internet. Only five percent rely most on websites for health information. So they do go there. It's part of for 27% of them, they do go there and they do some kind of research, but it is not the determining factor when they make decisions. So just by way of comparing on that, uh, I would guess that the typical millennial, based on when I hang out with them, <laughs> if they're going to decide where we're going to go out to dinner that night, they flip out their mobile phones and look it up on Yelp or some other app like that, and uh, we'll see the ratings and uh, pick one or two and then maybe ask their friends, what do you think? Have you been to this place? Have you been to that place? And it sort of helps them that sort of uh, one-to-one conversation with someone they know and trust helps them. But it sure seems like the internet was the most important for them. That's what they rely on most. So very different in terms of how they uh, make decisions and get information for healthcare. Yeah, and again, I think this gets to complexity, um, and and uh, it may be overwhelming uh, all of the different choices that you have, and not even knowing, you know, that there that there might be another choice out there. Uh, you know, you may know about staying on your parents' plan, but what happens if your parents' plan, uh, you know, the parents your parents don't have insurance, or they do, but their plan does not cover um, uh, dependents. Uh, under the Affordable Care Act, only those plans that cover dependents uh, can be extended to 26. If they don't cover dependents, then that that clause in the in the uh, Affordable Care Act does not help you uh, because you can't force the employer to to cover dependents. So, uh, in, in either of those two scenarios, uh, that young person is on their own and they have to figure it out, and it's complex. Uh, and again, there, there's a possibility that their parents don't have coverage or they haven't had coverage growing up. And how do you all of a sudden um, expect that they're going to, to do that? So for uh, employers who are listening today and who have a significant percentage of their workforce who are millennials, and most employers now, um, millennials make up at least a third of their workforce, they're going to be wondering, number one, how do we help uh, our millennial employees choose among our healthcare options, choose one that's best for them. Uh, so maybe we have a, an HSA-eligible plan on the one hand that is, uh, has lower uh, premiums, maybe the lowest premiums of our different options, but um, then high, potentially higher out-of-pocket expenses because it has a high deductible and high out-of-pocket max uh, versus uh, some much more expensive um, premium, uh, a plan with a more expensive premium um, how, how do we help them choose what's best for them so they're not wasting money? And also, how do we help them choose the right provider when it's time to get a service so they're making appropriate choices and not wasting money along the way or maybe skipping important care like like preventive care? Do you have any uh, best practices for employers on, on any of those issues? Well, I, I'll, I'll get to that point in a second. I, I, I apologize. Earlier you were asking me about um, employer-based health insurance, and for some reason I wasn't finding it, but three in 10 millennials say they have never had employer-based health insurance. 
Um, so th that's a big chunk again uh, to have never had it uh, in their lives. Um, and younger millennials born between 1990 and 1996 um, were more likely than older millennials born between 79 and 1989 uh, to say they have never had health-based insurance. So um, the younger group is at 42%. The older group was at 19%, so much better numbers for the older millennials than that early group of millennials. Uh, in the workforce. Um, in terms of uh, helping millennials to get uh, information, um, the, the uh, affordability, again, is the most important. So uh, being able to, to figure out which is the most affordable option uh, to them is, is very helpful information for millennials. Uh, explaining to them the difference between premiums and out-of-pocket costs. Um, but uh, again, at premium levels, um, the, the, the price uh, flexibility of millennials is much lower. 66% say any premium at or above $200 a month is unaffordable. Um, and this is consistent with our findings from the last three years on our annual surveys that we do. Um, and, and despite the cost uh, being so important um, for millennials, only 37% have comparison shops. So you would expect that the way to react to something being unaffordable or, or, or costly uh, would be to, to do some comparison shopping to figure out what your other options are. And um, only 37% of millennials report having done any kind of comparison shopping. And so I think that's another area where employers can help, is to show uh, uh, the, the millennial group what their options are and what the cost implications are of each of those options. Um, around a quarter of millennials have not gathered information about health, health insurance, or healthcare providers in the last 12 months. So again, they're not comparison shopping, and uh, they're not seeking out information. I, I, again, it gets to uh, my previous point that they feel that health insurance is daunting and complicated, uh, quote-unquote, not easy, uh, and therefore, um, in many cases, they avoid uh, doing the, the legwork necessary to, uh, to be able to make those decisions. And I think that's, that's an area where employers uh, can help by putting more information in front of them that is sensitive to their to their needs uh, of uh, affordability and um, you know uh, ease of comparison. You know the other thing that strikes me, in addition to it just seeming so complex to them, and that it's an overwhelming topic, is the the three conditions that you mentioned being the most common chronic conditions among millennials: uh, depression, being overweight, and anxiety disorders, and and more than half of millennials have been diagnosed with a chronic uh, illness. So those are very common. But those three conditions are not ones that people would, off the top of their head, assume can get fixed by going to a doctor. I know, you, I mean, they certainly can be, but you, you, often people don't think of that as uh, something that you could, that is sort of fixable. And so if those are what's most relevant to millennials, 
I bet, but they're probably not thinking of them in terms of healthcare. And so perhaps employers can do more education about depression and um, and overweight and anxiety as um, things that are preventable or treatable, uh, where or you you can somehow make a real improvement in your life. Well, certainly, um, two of the three are mental health uh, issues, and um, mental health has traditionally not been covered by health insurance. It wasn't until the Affordable Care Act that mental health parity uh, was brought into play, where uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, mental health is one of the ten essential health benefits that must be covered under the Affordable Care Act. So, uh, it is a new phenomenon. Um, and, and it is still being worked out, worked out in the broader health insurance um, marketplace. But um, clearly, uh, these issues for millennials are extremely important, and uh, therefore, you know, they, they need to be incorporated and, and be front and center for uh, those millennials in terms of an employer-based option or the options that are provided in the traditional marketplace or in the state exchanges. Um, we need to do a better job of, of promoting the fact that that, that coverage exists. Um, because you're right, in the past, most of the time they would have said, well, you know, depression, anxiety disorders, there's nothing that health insurance can do for me. Well, that today, that's not accurate. Um, they can be treated. Uh, they can be, they, they are certainly covered uh, in terms of therapy or, or visiting uh, uh, a professional, a mental health professional to help with those two. And then in terms of obesity, whether that's workplace wellness um, uh, programs, if, if the employer provides that, or going to a doctor who can refer the patient to uh, programs for healthy diet and exercise. Um, there are ways to, uh, to work on that and, and to treat that. And so uh, in all three cases, they are treatable. Um, uh, they, you know, they aren't necessarily going to disappear, uh, those conditions, but they can certainly be managed and treated in, in a way that uh, makes the person healthier. Yeah, I can think of a young millennial that I know very well who was struggling with two of those three and just suffering in silence, basically. And so we, those of us who knew him well, kind of spoke into his life and said, you know, those are, you don't have to live with those. Well, for example, the overweight was not just causing him to, to, you know, look, to feel uncomfortable at how he looked, but it was affecting his sleep in a major way. He had developed sleep apnea and all those things, of course, are related. But he, in, within three months, was able to make... Well, and then it can, it can lead to things like diabetes. And yeah. So, you know... you. You want to avoid kind of the domino effect of uh, any one of these three things leading to other uh, conditions that, um, you know, are, are very physical and very tangible um, as, as the person gets older. And certainly if they're doing, having these problems in their 20s, let's say, um, that doesn't bode well for them uh, <laughs> as they get older and into their, you know, 40s and 50s. Um, there, there is going to be a domino effect and uh, other problems are going to appear. Yeah, but you're right. It just seems so uh, complex to, to him. And he also didn't realize how things were connected, that his sleep issues were related to the 
the overweight and, and how he was uh, eating and lack of exercise and so forth. And so getting helping him get to the right professionals made a, a huge difference and in just three months uh, made a remarkable uh, improvement in his uh, in his outcomes. I mean, in much, much better shape, much happier. And it's fortunately learned early enough in life to probably to affect the whole course of the rest of his life. Absolutely. Uh, again, you know, the concern here is um, a whole lifetime of uh, of health from 18 all the way till you know retirement. Um, and and so all of those habits that you have when you're younger carry over into the rest of your life. And so you want to make sure you're as healthy as possible, leaving your leaving your uh, your early years, uh, your teen, late teens, twenties. Um, to set the habits that will will carry you through. The other thing, of course, is um, your recovery rates uh, uh, when you're younger are much better. And so um, if you develop these bad habits, um, you may not have chronic conditions then, but you're establishing the patterns. So when your metabolism slows down or, or other things, uh, your life gets more complex as you get older, you get married, you have kids, etc., um, that um, you you won't be able to bounce back as well, and you will be, build up um, bad, um, and, you know, negative health traits uh, as as you get older. And and again, as you're older, it it gets that much harder to um, recuperate from uh, having chronic health conditions or or negative health uh, outcomes. So this is really helpful, I think, for that workplace leader who's trying to engage the workforce in their health to make smart consumer health decisions, to have uh, optimal health and energy and productivity, and uh, to realize some of these real issues that millennials face, that it seem, it all seems over, way too complex to them, overwhelmingly complex and expensive. I mean, even if they have employer-based coverage, uh, if it all just feels uh, overly expensive um, to even either have the coverage in the first place or to go get treatment once, um, even if you have coverage, the treatment seems really expensive. So if employers uh, can probably go a bit above and beyond in thinking of ways to communicate and educate uh, millennials about the options that are available to them and help them compare costs and uh, make it relevant to these real issues that they're facing in terms of the, their chronic conditions. Yes, and again, uh, affordability is so important to, to millennials. Uh, about one in five say they can afford, they cannot afford their routine healthcare expenses. That's overall. Uh, an additional 26% say they can afford healthcare, but with difficulty. Um, and 13% of the uninsured said they can afford healthcare without difficulty. So 87% of the uninsured have problems uh, with affordability, which is significant. And uh, again, overall, about one in five millennials say they cannot afford their routine healthcare expenses. And so what that leads uh, uh, them is to um, skip, delay, or stop care um, when they, the affordability question is, is uh, overwhelming them, and, and uh, that's not good. For all the reasons we cited, uh, not getting care for chronic conditions or, or their, uh, whatever their medical situation is, is not good 
uh, for them and, and does not bode well for them as they get older. Hmm. Hector, uh, in a minute, I want to ask uh, just how folks can find out more about you and, and the work that Transamerica Center for Health Studies is doing. But is there anything else in the survey that uh, either surprised you or the, uh, not the survey, but in the, is there anything else in the study that surprised you or that you found particularly important? Um, the tax penalty. Uh, 13% of uninsured millennials have paid the tax penalty, um, which is uh, is growing year by year. Uh, that was part of the Affordable Care Act. If you don't have health insurance, you have to pay a tax penalty. And uh, interestingly, 13% of uninsured millennials paid it uh, yeah. last year. So as it keeps growing, um, the expectation is, uh, as we saw in Massachusetts, which had a version of this, uh, before the Affordable Care Act, that um, they will, uh, at some point, there's a tipping point where they would prefer to actually get coverage than pay a tax penalty and not get anything in return. Um, so we're, we're seeing that number drop. Uh, certainly, again, there's been a steady drop of uh, uninsured millennials. But this last group of millennials is, is getting tougher to get covered. Uh, 47% of those who do not plan on having health insurance going forward in this next year said that being unable to afford insurance was the main reason for their decision. Um, So um, again, almost half um, are focused on the affordability issue uh, in in making their determination. Um, And as I said earlier, four out of 10 uninsured millennials see uh, employment as their path to coverage. So um, they are uh, hoping or expecting that they will get coverage, and almost half of them feel that that will be through a job. Hmm. Well, tell us a little bit more about the about TCHS and uh, what you do and how people can, can uh, find out more about it. Well, the Transamerica Center for Health Studies is a national nonprofit. Uh, we are focused on uh, questions of health coverage, uh, as we've discussed here today, uh, and health and wellness, uh, as we've also discussed here today. Uh, so we, we are relatively new. We're, uh, we're only about um, three years old, uh, but we are out there you know, trying to uh, find information that can be helpful <clears throat> to consumers. We're very consumer-focused and employer-focused in, in the content that we put together. We're not uh, policy-driven uh, or political in any way. We're neutral on the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and so we just try to put out the information that can be helpful uh, to get a sense of what's going on out in the marketplace, what's going on for consumers and employers, uh, and providing them with basic information that can help them to make decisions uh, as they uh, navigate through these complex issues. Hmm. So uh, your website is transamericacenterforhealthstudies.org, just all spelled out. Yes, like not, not a very clever uh, <laughs> name. It's, it's just who we are. And, um, and I, again, we have a variety of content. We have surveys like we've discussed here today. Um, we've also partnered uh, with uh, outside entities. We partnered with a grocery store chain on the Mexican food cookbook. Um, of healthy recipes for Mexican food. We're working on mm-hmm. one right now of American, traditional American dishes that we'll release uh, around Labor Day. 
Um, we also um, have partnered with Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health on a workplace wellness study, um, kind of a you know 1.0, a, a, a primer on how um, on what works in workplace wellness, uh, essentially. And um, and we're all constantly trying to to provide new information. We have a college student guide on healthcare, a veterans guide on healthcare. Um, uh, we have a, a pre-Medicare getting ready for Medicare guide. So we're constantly trying to think of ways to help consumers, whether that's in the broad market in a, uh, marketplace or uh, in subgroups like veterans, college students, etc. So um, you know, all that information is available on our website for free, um, and we welcome people to check it out. Very cool. Well, the study again is Millennial Study, Young Adults Healthcare Reality. We've been talking to Hector De La Torre, Executive Director of the Transamerica Center for Health Studies. Hector, thanks again for joining us on Workforce Health Engagement. It was great to be here. Thanks a lot. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. Again, we'll provide links to not only the study results, but also the website and social media for TCHS on our show notes, and you can find those at engagingleader.com forward slash WHE30, as in Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 30. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications, helping mid-size and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results in several areas, not only health engagement, but also talent management, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, over the long term, a program of the day won't help you boost employee health, productivity, and your bottom line. For sustainable success, you need an integrated approach to workforce health engagement. <laughs>